I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. That is like the laziest, most genius thing <laughs> I have ever heard. When you're and all of you are going to try it, so don't make those faces. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I am so excited to be sitting next to Elizabeth Moss right now. I'm a huge fan of a lot of the things you work on, but Invisible Man. I am, I'm so hyped. <laughs> I've been looking forward to an Invisible Man movie, period. But the fact that Lee Whannell is directing it, too, with you, I mean, it just seems like a perfect pairing to me. Thank you very I'm much. quite pumped. So with Ladies' Night, we like to start at the beginning and doing a little research. I know your parents are musicians, so I was wondering, way back in the day, did you ever think you might go that performing route? Did they ever teach you any, maybe the instruments that they do? 
No, I took piano lessons when I was real little. Um, both my brother and I did, but he was more of the musician and I was dancing. So I was doing ballet and acting. Um, so I didn't really have time to then also add an instrument to the mix. I really wanted to be good at piano as a kid and I tried super hard, but you know when you just like, you hit that ceiling way too soon yeah. and you just can't get past it? Yeah, it's very difficult. It is. It is very difficult. I'm not good at that, but uh, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about the pivot from dancing to making acting your choice career? What was the moment that made you say, I gotta go that route now? Um, I was 15 and now looking back, it's int- I was like, wow, I was really young. But at the time, it was a, in ballet, that's kind of a, an important time to decide if you're going to really go for it and become a professional or not. And I knew that, I can't believe I had this kind of foresight, but I knew that I would have a longer career and I would have, um, I think, more experiences as an actor um, and the kind of experiences I wanted to have. And now at 37, I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I did that, you know, with dancing, it's like if you don't get injured, if you actually are successful, if you make it, then you'll hopefully have a career that is um, up to 37 or longer. But with uh, it's, it's, it's a risk. So. I like that you had that mentality early on, too, with thinking that, like, acting was going to be a long career for you. Because I imagine it's tough first starting out. You could say, I want to be an actor, but it's a different thing to really feel like this is going to be a realistic career for you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about it in terms of, I, I didn't really, I have, I love it so much that I, in a way, didn't have a choice. Like, I just, you know, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Is there any particular movie out there that inspired you that when you were first kind of formulating what your career might be down the line, you looked at that movie and you're like, I gotta do that someday? Um, interestingly, I was very inspired by Claire Danes in, in My So-Called Life. I think I must have been, my math might be wrong, but I think I must have been like 13 or 14 around there. Maybe I was a little older. But anyway, that was like the first time I saw somebody on television doing something that was really weird and different and interesting and telling a real story. And there was nothing else like that, especially of that that age group. And also, mm-hmm. she's a beautiful actress. And so I think that was kind of my, my window in, into, oh, you can do that on television. It's like sometimes people fill their minds with all these stupid things, you know? to keep themselves from thinking about, you know, it's really important. Huh. I'm really curious. This is a little bit of a convoluted question, so I'm going to try to get it across clearly. But when you first start out, you, I imagine, maybe don't want to say no to certain opportunities that come your way. But on the other side, you want to make sure you're picking the kind of opportunities that are carving the career path that you want. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a challenge with kind of balancing the two? For most of my career, I just, like, take the jobs that I get. Like, I don't, I think that... you have such a cool, different body of work. Yeah, I got lucky in that way, I guess. I mean, uh, everything I always auditioned for, I wanted to be in, and I just never got picked for anything that wasn't kind of weird or off or cool in some way, and um, I, I kind of then lucked out in a couple other ways, and, yeah, I just never really... A lot of it is just, you know hoping that you get the job Mm -hmm. and so you don't have a lot of choice for a lot of your career I'm only recently in a place in like the last you know five seven years where I can actually be choosy and really map it out a little bit more yeah um 
I always think it's beneficial for folks out there, especially if anyone's watching is trying to get into the industry, to hear about, you know, something that might not have worked out for you or maybe a time that you were told no, but you kind of rose to the occasion and overcome it. So was there anything early on where, you know, you were saying, you can't do that, and then you did it? Uh, I would say when I, when I was auditioning for Mad Men... Um, I think I auditioned twice for that, and there were two shows happening in, in New York, the two pilots, and everyone was really excited about two of them, this Mad Men and this other one. And this other one was like, everyone was kind of more excited about that, because it was on network television, it sounded really cool, and had like a cool writer. Everyone was really excited, so all the people were auditioning for that. And I remember like, I auditioned for both of them, and I went to this other one that wasn't Mad Men, and I was like, really like, I just didn't feel like I was the most attractive person in the room, and I felt like I was like, oh god, there's all these like, really pretty people here. And I was like, oh, no, I'm never going to get this. And then um, I didn't get it. And then I went to my audition for Mad Men, worked with Matt in the audition, and, like, we just clicked, and I just knew that girl, and I knew that character. And that was the one I got. And that other show was canceled halfway through the season. And Mad Men became what it was. So I always thought that was a good lesson of, like, don't stress about that kind of thing too much. Like, you'll find where you're supposed to be. Hold on a second. You want me to work up an entire corporate image campaign for $10? I can make you do it for nothing. I'm the boss. You're right. The work is $10. The lie is extra. Incredible. What do you make a week, sweetheart? Mm, you don't know, huh? That's helpful. You know, I could fire you. Great. There's some portfolios in Joan's office. Maybe you could find somebody tonight. Why are you doing this to me? Because you're being very demanding for someone who has no other choice. Dazzle me. Fine. How much you want? How much you got? Speaking of getting Mad Men and also West Wing too, sometimes when we talk about it on our movie talk show, it, it can be difficult for some actors out there to make the shift from TV to film. And I'm curious, was that difficult at all for you? And do you look at any specific film project and you say to yourself, that's when like I made a name for myself on the big screen too? I think what happened was that conversation became obsolete. Like, kind of a decade ago. More so than ever now, honestly. too. Yeah, like, it kind of became something that was, like, we used to talk about it a lot. And I remember everyone used to talk about it. Like, oh, should, she's doing a TV show, and now she's going to draw a movie. And it was like, and now I just feel like that conversation doesn't matter anymore when you have people like Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, and, like, these people, like, all everyone's now doing television. It's That line has been wiped away. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like... It's not part of the conversation anymore. They're both so good, and going back and forth has become very easy for people. Yeah. I feel like uh, I have that moment for you in my... I live in a movie bubble primarily, minus Handmaid's Tale and a couple of other things, but I feel like for me, the first time I saw you on the big screen, specifically in Get Him to the Greek, I'm like, oh... Like, that's it. Like, she's on the big screen now, too, forever and ever. Oh, really? Yeah. For for some reason, that moment sticks in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I have some kind of big news, too. Um... I got offered a residency, a place in the residency program at East Seattle General. So if I rank it first, then I can get matched there, which is pretty good. Like like Seattle, Seattle? Yeah, it's really, really nice there. And it's a bigger staff, so they have better call schedules, so we could actually spend some time together. It's so nice. Going back, just because I'm a little obsessed with Girl Interrupted, I'm curious, early on in your career, what is it like stepping on that set with so many powerhouses around you for the very first time? Does it freak you out at all? Um, No. It was really, it was, yeah, it was a really interesting experience. I was really young. I was like 15 or 16. 
I'm gonna have peppermint stick. Yeah, me too. Can I just have peppermint stick? Sure. No, it's just called peppermint. Peppermint dick! <laughs> yeah, you had like Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder, and they were both sort of leaders of their own camps. Um, and it was really, I think, interesting to kind of watch two people who are at the top of their game and are doing really, really well and be in that in environment. And they were very inclusive and they were very nice to me and everybody was great. It was this like wonderful group of women. Um, but it was very, I wasn't intimidated or scared or anything. Um, I'm not easily intimidated. But it was kind of, looking back, I'm like, wow, that was really kind of crazy that I worked with them at like 16. <laughs> not easily intimidated, but you've done so many things, big screen, small screen, whatever we're going to call it now, where, you know, you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. Has there ever been a scene that kind of really intimidated you? Actually, now that I'm asking that question, I remember reading the story about your, your heartbeat racing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of gets you going like that more so than anything? I suppose I'm not scared of the intimidation. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think fear is a bad thing, especially when yeah. you're working. I think that's actually what makes you rise above. It's actually what elevates you to, to, to having to overcome that. I think the worst possible thing is to be bored. The worst possible thing is to not feel that and to feel like, oh, God, it's just like another scene that's like all the other. You like That's what you don't mm-hmm. want. You want to feel like how the hell am I going to do this? Yeah. Like, that's what you want. So for me, I guess, it doesn't matter if you feel intimidated. Boredom is the worst, and also I'm always afraid that if I don't walk into one of these settings with a little bit of nerves, it means I don't care. Right, and exactly. I never want to be in that place. Exactly. That's it. It's a terrible place to be. Can you tell me a little bit about your preset routine? I'm a very routine-oriented person, so I love hearing what someone has to do before they hit the set for the day. Do you have, like, a specific drink you need? Do you have to go over your pages at a certain point? What's the routine like now? I just have to get ready. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get ready. I, I, I... I have very specific times that are set out for me to do hair and makeup and to get dressed, and then I'm on set as soon as possible. I learn my lines in the trailer usually right before we do it. I don't keep more than one scene in my head at a time. Hmm. Um, Yeah, there's no method. It's just like, it's so practical. We shoot five, six scenes a day on Mad Men. We shoot so many pages. So... I don't have time for a routine. I love how if I get to eat or drink are. water, that's like oh. pretty good. Okay, all right. Yeah. As long as there's some water in the mix, I feel yeah, like yeah. you're good. Um, where did you kind of get that mentality from early on? Is there anybody that you worked with and you saw them kind of having a little more of a fluid prep process and you said, I want to approach my work that way too? I think for me, West Wayne was really interesting because I was 17 when I started that show. I did it from 17 to 23, and it really set up for me how you're supposed to behave on set, how you're supposed to behave as part of an ensemble. And those actors, I mean, you had these incredible actors, Allison Janney, Brad, obviously Brad Whitford, Martin Sheen. You had these people that were professionals. And they didn't belabor the point. They didn't take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. They did their job. They knew their lines. And they did the best job possible. And they didn't think they were any more important than anyone else on the set. And I think that that's kind of the mentality that then I absorbed in that experience. I met with Butterfield and some Secret Service agents this morning. It's time for me to tell you about some letters we've been getting. Threats? Yeah. They don't like that the daughter of the president is dating a young black man. Charlie? Zoe, please don't tell me you're dating more than one guy. No. Okay.
So this makes me think of another question, another convoluted one, but I frequently ask and I'm kind of fascinated by just the idea of being number one on the call sheet, but also being a team player, needing to feel like that lead presence on set, but also being there to support everybody. Just uh, do you have that on your mind at all, especially, you know, on Handmaid's Tale, even here on Invisible Man? Every day. Absolutely. Every day. It's definitely something that um, I, I, I take pride in and I think it's important that, you know, it, they always say it kind of comes from the top and your attitude can really affect the set you can really affect what's happening um, I consider my actors and my cast they're, they're, that's my department you know so I consider myself head of that department it's part of my job to make sure that they're happy and that they're happy with their work and you know happy with their stories and that's I, I take great pride in that. I, I, I love that part of the job. It makes me so happy to hear that, especially because I know you're getting into more and more producing now, too, and yes. that kind of mentality is so important to have in a producer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Being an EP on the show as well, that really kind of lends itself to this. Um, I, I like to kind of take care of everybody. I like to make sure everybody feels united in making the best work possible. It's so, so important, specifically now for Invisible Man. I am a horror junkie, <coughs> absolutely obsessed and what, is this the second genre project? Have you because you have us and this? Yeah. Have you done much horror other than that? I don't think so. Can't believe how big they've got. You hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh yeah. Where's Jason? It's so exciting. Did you want to jump into genre this year? Was that like a distinct choice of yours? No. I never make choices like that. I think that's very limiting. Um, Us was like I just wanted to work with Jordan Peele. Understandable. Obviously. Uh, And this was just a a fantastic script. Hmm. Um, Lee did such an amazing job updating this story and turning it into something that was modern and relevant and interesting and uh, the script was just fantastic. It's just a very wild ride. Were you able to picture everything just reading the script? Because I have Upgrade in my mind right now and I apply it somewhat similarly to the visuals here and you know when you're also working with an invisible man I imagine some of the visuals he might describe on a page don't really you know come to your brain fully formed. There were a couple moments when I was able to actually see it and the film and and one of them was when I saw the stunt sequence rehearsed that I'm actually not in, but they, they recorded it and I saw it and I was like, oh, I get it. And then another time was when I saw this other element in the movie that like obviously I can't talk about. But And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, I get it. it I, I, see what this, I see what that's going to look like. What is it like working with Lee as an actor's director? Again, I still have upgrades seared in my mind. So to me, he seems like a very, you know, physical and in this case, like an action-heavy director. But like, what kind of notes does he give you and what do you need from him? It's just incredibly collaborative, honestly. Um, You know, I said to him at the beginning, I want you to push me. I don't want to do what I've done before. I want to go further and I want you to push me to do that. And then he did. And he challenged me every single day and he was constantly coming up to me and saying... More, more, more. And we've talked about it since then, now that, you know, we've seen the movie and now that there's a product there. I think what happened was, you know, he would push me further, 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 more scared, more scared, more scared. And I would say to him, you're insane. That's too much. That's too big. And somehow, but I would go further than I had been going. And I think somehow we landed in the middle, which was a place that was where it needed to be for the movie, but also in the realm of reality. Um, so that was just a very good kind of balance between us. I'm so curious to watch the movie now with that in my mind, too. Yeah, right. It must be a very difficult thing because like, I'm not an actor, and I never should be, but 
it just seems so challenging to me to be in a role like that and just know, like, know for yourself in your head how much is, like, too much or not enough as far as how it reads on a camera. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, especially having worked on Hamlet, it's like, I watch things back all the time. So if mm-hmm. we ever reach a place where I'm like, I think I don't understand what you, like, I don't understand the note or I think, I think it's too big, I'll just say, just play it back for me. And usually what'll happen is I'll watch it and go, okay, I see what you want. Like, and then be able to do it. If I find that very helpful. Um, I just wanted to ask you about horror in general. What, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Um, I'm a huge fan of the genre. I have been since I was like 11 or 12. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I just, I love it. Um, what are the go-tos? I mean, when I was little, there was like the classics, like It really scared me. Um, Poltergeist, obviously. I think The Shining is probably PG my Poltergeist, favorite. not yeah. anymore. Yeah. Wait, what? Poltergeist is technically rated PG. Oh, it is? Yeah. Back in the day, they can get away with that. Oh, really? Um, and then it kind of moved into something else that I really love. Like, I love what's coming out recently, like Us, Quiet Place. There's this, like, there's this thing that's happening where they're they're making these really thoughtful horror films, mm-hmm. and I think our film kind of falls into that area, uh, and that's kind of I find that really interesting. Us is a favorite of 2019, and your sequence in that is just something else. Thank I you. can't even imagine what it was like shooting that. It was so fun. Yeah, it was so so fun. It was very cool. So I've already gotten the five minute sign, and we like to wrap up ladies' night with some rapid fire questions. Cool. Actually, first, I'm a little addicted to IMDb, and I love looking at people's trivia and stuff. And one thing I notice on your oh, IMDb. Great. Page is that well, okay, I'll get to that in a minute. But you have a couple of credits where it says your name, Elizabeth Moss, but with two S's. I'm just curious where oh, yeah, that, that came from. That was probably from. like an early spelling, or, or it's just a misspelling. It's possible. Yeah. Like it says in parentheses as, and then it spells your name that way. And yeah. Like, why, why is that a thing? It may have been an early misspelling. But on IMDb trivia pages, it's, like, often, like, really silly things that you would never even think to ask someone. And, like, all of your things are really nice, thoughtful quotes. But I'm wondering if you could add, like, three super silly, random things that nobody knows about you to that page. Like, I don't know. Like, your favorite drink or something. What would it be? I think like everyone knows everything. Like, I, I have two cats. I love what are Moss, their names? Lucy and Ethel. They also have IMDb pages. Did you know that? Lucy, what? Yeah, Lucy Moss and Ethel Moss. Oh, my God. Check it out. I am going to check They're it out. They're one and done, though. They did one film, and then they left the business. What did they do? Listen Up, Philip. <gasps> yeah, the first movie I made with Oh, Alex. my God. Yeah. Now I'm never going to rewatch that movie the same way check again. I'm, like, officially going to be their biggest fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm their biggest fan, but... Okay, fine, fine. Them. I'll take a back seat to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Moscow Mules. That's my favorite drink. Mm. And then everything else will remain... Will, will remain secret (laughs) (laughs) it's fair you should keep some of that to yourself all right what do you do to unwind after a tough day of filming drink okay moscow mules yes all right uh i actually had do you have any pets on this list but we have to we gotta skip that one now what's your biggest fear overcome what do you mean like a fear that you had that one day oh. you got over. It's like, I'm terrified. Oh, terri- that then I got over? I'm terrified of the dentist, but I'm still not over it yet. But one day I will, and that'll be my answer. So one that I'm not over? Or one that you are. <laughs> or one that maybe you're trying to get over My now. biggest fear is water. Like, I don't like deep water. Hmm. I tried to get over it once in Martha's Vineyard, like, 15 years ago or so, like a long time ago. And I did it by, like, I was like, there was, like, an, an island that you could swim to. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to swim to that island. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conquer my fear. And, like, halfway there, I, re- I remembered that they shot Jaws in Martha's Vineyard. Like, that's actually what the movie's placed. And I was like, you're an idiot. And I, like, swam back as fast as I could, and I will never attempt it again. Does the fear come from movies that you've watched with no. things in the water? No, it's just, like, a weird fear. 
And I love the water. I love looking at the water. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I love the beach. I love islands. I love, I love it. But I just I have no desire to go into deep water. I feel like you need to find a movie that casts you as like a lifeguard or a okay. professional swimmer or something. Okay. Like, I think we're fine. <laughs> I think we're fine. Uh, what could you eat every single day for the rest of your life? Spaghetti. Ooh. No, that's a, that's a classic choice. Yeah. I like that. I went to Italy once. For two weeks by myself, and I ate spaghetti every day. I probably would have done pizza, but spaghetti would have been the close second. I lost five pounds. You know, you go Do to that math. You go to Italy and you eat all that stuff, but then you walk around yes. a lot, and before well, you know it, you have lost also, weight. Also, it's like homemade, and like it's all like it's really real. good ingredients, yeah. and like it, you know, it's not full of like shit. So it's like it's actually better. I had that experience in Rome eating pizza. So weird. Do you cook? No. Okay. We're on the same page. God, no. That. Yeah, usually I'm made to feel bad about that. Here's a question for you. Have you ever made scrambled eggs in the microwave? No. Okay. Can Maybe you I, should, I shouldn't start you on that. Wait, you can, you do, can that? do that? Yeah. No, you can't. No, you really can. Really? I'm telling you, crack, crack an egg in like a paper bowl or something, and then you mix it up, you put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds, and then you mix them. That is like the laziest, most genius thing I have ever heard. When you're and on the all go. of you are going to try it, so don't make those faces. When you're on the go, you have okay. to do that. Yeah. What is the last TV show season you've watched in full? Oh, God. In full? Uh, um... I always blink at this, even though I watch so much stuff all the time. Either that or what show would you most like to guest star on? Ooh, anything um, Damon Lindelof ever does. I like that. Yeah, like, I would do anything. Smart choice, especially right about now. I would do anything. (laughs) I just, I'm obsessed with him. I think he's the absolute great. Leftovers is like my favorite show, so anything that happen. I'm trying to think. I'm so sorry. I always blink about that. But I'm currently sort of watching everything, so I can't quite think of what I just finished. I feel like that's Useless. a that's a good reason to not think of an answer though cuz you're watching so much right Yeah, there's, like I watch so, so much, much and I have so much going at yeah. one time that I just can't. You're think busy. Of it. You're busy with good things. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's a that's a good thing. I recently and rewatched The Comeback. Oh, have okay. I have not seen The Comeback. Oh, you have to. Okay. That show is brilliant. My last binge was Succession, and I'm like mildly oh, obsessed yeah. with it right now. But I now that to, I'm, I know, I keep hearing it's incredible, and I really need to get in there. It's so good. I know. It's so good. It's so good. But mm-hmm. obviously, uh, I had a binge Handmaid's Tale before that, so I'm glad I'm covered okay. on that. You're I'm all covered. ready for Invisible Man. Thank, Thank you so you. much for your time today. Congratulations. Invisible Man in theaters nationwide, February 28th. Do not leave this video without liking and sharing it, and keep an eye out for more episodes of Ladies Night coming your way real soon. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. 
Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.